Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Welcome back to the show. I was just sitting here thinking about how crazy it is that I feel like 2020 is already over because I am going to be in San Diego this weekend and then heading up next week to begin my holiday vacation travels and I'll be gone through almost mid-January. So it's going to be a lot of moving around and whenever I am driving a lot, traveling a lot, I am extra diligent about my nighttime practices because my sleep can get thrown off so, so easily. And one of the most useful hacks is to be really diligent about wearing my blue blocks, blue light blocking glasses, especially on travel, just because it makes such a big difference in your sleep. So if you're not traveling, you definitely should be using blue light blocking glasses every single day while you're traveling, I know it can be tempting to not use them. And whenever I forget to when I'm on the go, I always regret it because I realize how big a difference it makes on my sleep. Wearing blue light blocking glasses really helps you get better sleep, deeper sleep. They help to relax you in the evening, helps to improve your mood during the day so that you just feel happier, calmer, less stressed. Wearing blue light blocking glasses can also help to get rid of headaches, reduce digital eye strain, and can help to balance out your hormones and balance out your hunger signals. A ton of health benefits. I know for me personally, my sleep is not good when I don't wear these before bed because the blue light really, really does affect me. Blue Blocks is the only company out there that offers blue light filtering lenses backed by the latest science. So their Sleep Plus Red Lens is the only true 100% blue and green light blocking lens for after sunset use. So I put these on when the sun goes down. I wear those every evening and you will notice the difference with this red lens. These are scientifically designed to block the full spectrum necessary. And then during the day, I wear the blue light clear lens, which is best for people who work with more natural lighting. And this really helps to reduce or get rid of any migraines, headaches, digital eye strain. And then they also have the summer glow yellow lens, which is blue light blocking meets color therapy. And those are designed for anyone who struggles with seasonal depression or anyone who works under intense artificial lighting. And if you really want to amp up your sleep game, check out the Remedy Sleep Mask, which is their 100% light blocking sleep mask that really helps to support your REM and deep sleep. I have noticed a huge difference according to my Aura Ring data. Blue Blocks is amazing because they have a ton of different frames to choose from, over 20, and you can also send in your own frames or have them make you a custom-made prescription. 
Plus, for every pair of blue blocks they sell, they donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who then gifts them to someone in need. So if you want to check out Blue Block's blue light blocking glasses, just go to blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off your purchase. This is one of the best investments you'll ever make. So simple. They will change your life. So again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, and use that code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. Speaking of the sun going down, the stars coming out, let's talk about today's guest, Deborah Silverman. Deborah Silverman is part astrologer, part psychologist, part comedian, and one of the most amazing humans I have ever met. She cracks me up and has the best energy. Deborah has been in private practice for over 40 years. She blends astrology and psychology in her practice, which I think is amazing. And she also has written the book, The Missing Element, which I highly recommend checking out. She's going to talk a bit about the elements in today's podcast episode. But she also has an amazing YouTube channel. She's hosted a radio show. She's written in all kinds of magazine columns in addition to writing her book. And she has education for anybody who is interested in learning more about astrology. You can just check all that out on her website, DebraSilvermanAstrology.com, and also at TheStarCommunity.com. And definitely make sure you follow her on Instagram at DebraSilverman underscore astrology. She posts daily horoscope videos that are awesome, and you can find more of her content on her YouTube channel if you just search Debra Silverman Astrology. So in today's episode, Deborah is breaking down astrology for us, bringing it down to earth and helping us to see how we can blend that in with our daily lives and with psychology to really better understand ourselves. And she uses my chart as an example. So you'll hear a little bit of what she says about my chart, which is always interesting to me. And you'll hear it overlaps with a lot of things that other astrologers and intuitives have told me as well, which is super interesting. So if you want to learn more about astrology and just want someone to break it down and make it simple to understand, you are going to love this episode with Deborah, who just cracks me up, love her sense of humor, and I'm sure you will too. So let's go ahead and hop into this chat with Deborah Silverman. Thank you, Deborah, so much for coming on the podcast. I've been so excited to chat with you because like I told you, a little bit ago, I've gotten into astrology this year, and I know you have all the expertise in this area, but for people who aren't familiar with you and what you do, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Okay. So yes, I'm an astrologer and started when I was very, very young in my early 20s. I think I was 20 when I first found astrology. I'm now in my mid-60s, so it's been a long movie. I've never stopped. I'm also, I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. So I did classical training to understand the human psyche from both the spiritual angle and then the psychological. And I've written a book called The Missing Element. Did you know about the book that I've written? I did. Which is really fun. I watch everybody reading it. It makes me so happy because it took me forever to write the thing. It was like having a baby, like I was an elephant. I cooked that thing so long and then it finally (laughs) fell out. Um, And about myself. And I am passionately in love with turning people on to falling in love with themselves. That's my job. 
helping people remember how, who they are and how they work. And then going, oh, no wonder I do those weird things and feeling better about themselves. I love that. So what got you interested in astrology to begin with when you were in your 20s? You know, it was younger than that when I was a teenager and lots of people, including yourself, had a spiritual, like you come in a young age and you have this fascination with all things magical, but you probably don't have the words. And when I was really little in the Detroit news, I wrote away for an astrology chart, like this is in the sixties and I mm -hmm. wrote away for, but it never got to me so sad, but I remember my interest showed up. It was kind of like a latent knowing that my purpose was going to be astrology. So as soon as I met it, I was a teenager learning all my friends in school and in, in um, junior high, I knew all their birth dates. I was obsessed. And then by the time I was 20, I had my first reading. And then I was like, oh no, I'm an addict. <laughs> and now I've, I've served the drug. I give the Kool-Aid. I was telling someone the other day said to me, my wife believes in all the stuff you're teaching. She drank the Kool-Aid. I said, I manufacture the Kool-Aid. It's okay. <laughs> I think manufacturing the Kool-Aid is a perfect way to be. Well, if you want to help people find their joy, what, what, what better reason to be alive than to give people an understanding of their personality? And psychologically, because I've been always fascinated, why not help people figure out their quirks? When you first looked at your chart, what did you discover about yourself that excited you? You know, I remember it's funny, you know, when I don't know if you've ever seen the books where they just put your sun and your moon together. This was in the olden days in the seventies. And I, and you and I have something very similar. We have a very similar combination. So you're an Aries Gemini and I'm a Gemini Aries. And so when I read Gemini Aries in the book, it said very sociable, really good with people, but could be a dilettante, which I didn't know what the word meant. So I looked it up and it means someone who's interested in lots of things, but not just one thing. And they kind of scared me in that first original book, like you could be superficial. And I, my alter ego is a detective and I'm super deep and I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart, but you can't tell by looking. So when I read that as a kid, I was like, what do you mean I could be interested in be superficial? And it kind of stuck with me. So at a very young age, the first thing I realized, and I've never told that story before, the first thing I realized was, wow, that's a propensity in my personality type, but with the awareness, and by the way, I do have a deep personality, so it wasn't altogether true, but with the awareness of reading that, it encouraged me to stay the course, because when I read that I could be superficial and scattered, I was like, no, I am not, and I kind of got motivated to fix that. That's what astrology does. You read about your character. You don't get stuck on... I'm a Scorpio, so I mean, you say, oh, I have a propensity towards that. What's the high road? So mm -hmm. everything I do in my work is always showing the low road and the high road. So you can evolve it and not get the excuse of, well, you know, that's just my Scorpio nature. No, we're not going to let you get away with that. There's a high road and there's a low road to every sign. Yeah. Well, I think that's an interesting conversation about like a lot of the misunderstandings around astrology, like people thinking, you know, maybe they're told something and then that's the way it is, or this is their predetermined future and like what are some of the kind of misunderstand misunderstandings around astrology i think especially now that it's like popularized you can go look up your horoscope and people are like oh i don't believe in astrology it's just so um you know generic it can apply to anyone but that's very different than like what you do oh yeah so one of the ways that i get over that is when the chart reading starts and i've trained about a dozen professional astrologers, and they're all trained to do this, and they're on my website, Certified Astrologers. Um, the first thing I do, and I'm going to do it with you, is I, is that okay? Yeah, I would love that. 
Yeah. So I use timing to establish how ridiculously accurate astrology is. And then once they get to say, oh my God, how did you know that was the year that fill in the blank? Once they know that about themselves, then they're like, wow, you knew my years, exactly what would happen. So it becomes much more convincing and it steps over that skeptic because it becomes real. And I spend a lot of time in my work um, making astrology very practical and very substantial. So it's not just random or general. So you should have gone through a change in 2008, 2007. There should have been something that happened that was significant. Anything stand out in 2007? You were just 21, 22? In 2007? Was that true? Was that what year? No. No, no you're, that's because you're- I'm 24 right now. Okay, so three years ago, sorry. So it would have been 2016. 2016. Yeah, that, that was a huge, um, a huge year. That's when I got really, really sick. I almost died. And that's what, then I moved into this health space. Exactly. So it opened up your destiny. So, yeah. so I got the wrong day because I was looking at my math was off. So similar to that, what happened in 2016 when it, the door opened for your destiny it's going to happen again, but in much more power in 2000, well, in your 28, 29. So that would be, let's see, take me back to your chart. You're born in what year? 1995. So in 2024, you are going to go through another opening, which probably will be your success professionally at the entrance of 20, when the first health issues happened and you became obsessed with health. It will then find its fruits by the time you're in two. That's a little ways ahead, but it's Mm -hmm. good to know. You are in a major transit right now with your career. Like there's some, this moment, this right now through January. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of shifting my whole business. Um, So I'm stopping seeing one-on-one clients and I'm moving on to like content creation. Exactly. So you're in this major transformation in the next two or three months. So that's the kind of, that's where astrology stops being general. If I can say, when was the health crisis? When did your business change? Then people are shaking their head like you're doing, like, how does she know? And that's when astrology becomes real because it is so general. I mean, you know, you're not a typical Aries. You've got the personality type of yours is definitely fire. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know that about yourself. You've got an excessive, but it's all in the 12th house. You're a mystic. So mm-hmm. while people might think you're supercharged with, you know, fire, you've got this super sensitive side that's like, don't bug me. I need to be alone for a little while. Go away. <laughs> that's very true. I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast knows that. I'm like, please leave me alone. <laughs> it's a funny quality that you have of being super energetic. And then the 12th house means you want to be behind the scenes, which is great for a podcast because you're giving us your energy. You just don't want to see us. <laughs> Yeah, it's very true. That's why I love podcasting. Okay, that's crazy. Also, like that you the 2016 thing, because you know, I've seen so many like psychics, healers, and like other astrologers, and no one has ever like my health struggles have been a huge focal point in my life. And everyone I see, they don't bring up my health stuff at all. Nothing. Yeah. And I'm well, like, it's right there. It would be the first question I would have asked you is what happened in 2016. So we have a system where we really focus on those crisis points. And why I do that is for that very reason, to step away from the general psychic woo-woo stuff to practical. And then once we know health and well-being was the focus at 21, 21 years old often happens that destiny lines come into focus. Mm. 
it's a phenomenon. In fact, that's when I started doing readings. That was my thing. 20 years old, 21 was when astrology grabbed me and said, sit down like you. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Well, is there anything coming up for me that I should know about? Yes. I would say this year leading up till um, March, your career is really, especially in the spring, you're going to find yourself super focused and it's going to require a lot of discipline and you've got to keep your eye on the, on the target. It's not a time to wishy-washy. It's a time to really focus. So that's a good thing to know. That's a good example of what, how astrology works. We give information and then guess what? This is super cool. In, so in four months, let's do November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, again, spring, your communication skills increase. You've been in two and a half years of being not so much reclusive, but consistently doing the same thing over and over again. And right now, it's changing. Everything's changing. And then by spring, you're going to be like, I don't want to do what I used to do. And that's a good thing to know. Yeah, that's so accurate. Well, that's what happens. That's why people in my school and the ones that I certify, because I'm so, I don't know what makes me so practical. I've always wanted astrology to not be woo-woo. Mm-hmm. So I really thrive on practical information where it's not like your past lives, which I'm fascinated by, or potential partners that you could meet one day, the tall, handsome man. I'm more like, what's now? What's coming up soon? And how do I hit the ground with information that you mm-hmm. can actually apply? Like this, so you your career is absolutely important that you reduce you reduce the old, but not right now. You have like a month more of a routine and the consistency. You got to keep doing it, but you can see in the future, like oh goody, change is coming to your house. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. I mean, with all the projects I have lined up, it's like I'm kind of wait. I'm just waiting. I'm basically waiting for my website to relaunch, and then after that, I have like six things I'm like projects I'm doing. And it's like, the thing I want to warn you about in the next two and a half years is focusing because you're going to have so many multiple things going on as contrast to the last two and a half years where it was so consistent and stable. Mm -hmm. This is called the progress moon, which is a a system that I teach in a course called stars and cards. Mm -hmm. I teach it with Colette Baron Reed. We teach just the progress moon and yours is changing in two months into the sign of versatility So you don't want to have too many things going on because you can get a little scattered. So be aware of that. As you get closer to the spring, you're going to look at these multiplicity of ideas and you're going to say, what's got my best attention? I don't want to get scattered. And this is why whenever I do a podcast, I use the podcast person's chart to make it so real for them. Because you know what? In my whole life's work, people talk too much. I find so many words, but where do people touch their heart? Where's the prayer? Where's the concrete experience when you finish a podcast where you go, oh my God, I feel so different. And that's my favorite thing. I love when things hit the ground and touch people. Yes. Like my my favorite thing in life is when you finish an experience, whether it's a lunch date you have with your best friend or whether it's just falling in love or whether it's breaking up with someone and you go, you know what? I just had the most amazing experience. Those are my favorite. 100%. Well, that's the aim with every podcast, right? Okay, good. Ready, set, take off your seatbelt, everybody. Take a deep (laughs) breath. We're going to get ready for a space travel. Okay. I want to know more about how you blend this with psychology. Great question. Okay. So... When I was in graduate school, we had to take on clients like as an experience of you know preparing and there would be supervision. And so in the beginning, I would have client after client, they would come in and they would tell me everything wrong with them. Of course, they're coming to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And then I 
as a potential astrologer at that time, I'd already begun studying. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do they tell me everything wrong when I'm looking at the chart and I can see how to rewrite this, like the high road of this? Like they're complaining that they are always late and that they never get things done. Oh, well, I can explain to them they're a multitasker and they have this amazing fascination with many things at once and it gives them the gift of being versatile. Well, there's a rewrite. So what happened in graduate school is I was like, I am not going to sit and listen to everybody tell me what's wrong with them. I'm going to start the session by, as a therapist, by telling them what the chart says is in potential and what's potentially right with them. And then we can begin the positive psychology of what is going on that's healthy versus what's going on that's wrong. I love that. It's so empowering. And then people leave and they go, I like, for example, I have no earth in my chart, they might say. No wonder it is I can't do money. And I go, it's not your fault. Now you can learn it. And that's what my book is, The Missing Element. If you're missing earth and you can't do earth, here's the homework assignments to cultivate it. Okay, we need to we need to get into the elements, right? We need to talk about this because I think this is a concept that like none of my listeners probably, well, not none, but a lot of them aren't familiar with. So talk about um, the elements and like finding your missing element. Okay, well, I'm looking at your chart and you are very balanced. That's oh, really? A, yes, you have... One, two, three, four, five in fire, two in air. Oh, you only have one in earth. Is money hard for you? Mm, no. Organization and structure, are you good at that? No. No. I'm bad at organization. Because you have no earth. Okay, so here's how it goes. Audience, ready? We'll come back to you. Let's start at the beginning. If you're missing water, you don't have an intuition. You don't cry easily. You find yourself slightly numb. You don't know why everybody's so, into, you won't be listening to this podcast. You don't know why people are so emotional, why they're all so spiritual and the whole thing bugs you. Those people that you see are not interested in emotional content, have no water. Or it always goes one of two ways. They cry all the time. They're so moody. They feel everything. They're so emotional. They hide out in their room. They never want to come out because they're so tender. It goes one of two ways. I can't feel a thing. I'm an ice cube mm-hmm. or I'm an emotional wreck and I feel everything and want to go home. Mm-hmm. That was number one. Number two, error. If you have no air in your chart, you don't want to talk. You would hate doing a podcast. You don't want to have to be socializing. You don't want to go to the party. You don't want to listen to stories. You're like, I am so bored. No air in the chart means that socially you are inept and nor do you care. <laughs> so you don't want to write. You don't want to communicate. It's just a burden. Or... All you do is talk. You're super superficial. You love to keep things going socially and it's excessive. It can be one of two ways. Okay. Third category, yours, earth. Either you're super practical. Everything's labeled. You've got organization and spreadsheets. Taxes make you get excited. Really? You love to clean. You buy Windex. You go to Costco and you love that experience of cleaning everything. Or you don't clean at all. Organization should be done by someone else. You hope that you're going to remember where you put it, but you can't really remember. Money and numbers are not your specialty, but you have to work at it. And you wish you could just be a free flying bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so last category, fire. Either you're super, you have a lot of fire in your chart, sister. You have excessive fire, Christina. So <laughs> either you're super energized. Everything makes you laugh. It's so much fun, this life. You can't help but stick your foot in your mouth. You're really blunt. People get mad at you for telling the truth, and you're so physical. Or you can't say a thing. You feel like a flower on the wall, and you just wish that people would not notice you. You don't want to stand out. Why is everybody so loud? And by the way, I'm not exercising. 
So it goes one of two ways. You have an excessive amount of fire. You definitely tell the truth. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, to a fault, some would say. Well, it's your strength. So this is the gift of astrology. When you know what your strength is and you cultivate fire, which is inspiring us, mm-hmm. you know, getting super excited, being really fiery and blunt, mm-hmm. that's your gift. You promised to stick your foot in your mouth. That was what you said you would do this life. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. And so, so that that resonates with me. When you said like, do I have trouble with money? You mean like organize, like finances? Like, yeah, for sure. I'm so bad at that. I'm like a wreck with taxes. Right. So then you have someone when you're missing an element, and then in the book, you don't need to know astrology in the book, and you can get it on my website, and I will send it signed with your chart in it. In the book, you take a test. It's like a five minute test, and you figure out which element's missing. And you would find it was earth. Then you would turn to the earth chapter and it would say, okay, Christina, you have to go get ritual and routine. Now you're a Taurus rising. So you're built for routine, but you'll resist it. Like part of you wants it, but you don't want it. Yeah, that's me. So I never know if I should or shouldn't. Well, you should. So the, my system is pretend there's four wheels in a car or there is four wheels in a car, but there are four elements, water, air, earth, and fire. In your case, the earth wheel has not much air in it. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is you're, when it comes time for success and they say, show us your spreadsheets and you're like, my what? <laughs> that could be a problem. It is a problem. Oh my God. This is cracking me up. Okay. I so love that. What you do miss no earth in your chart is you go find someone. This is what I do in my, my life. I hire someone. Mm-hmm. who's really good at earth. And I say, can you help me learn it? I mean, I'm going to pay you, but I may never be good at it, but I want to learn. And I did. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to run a business, especially right now, your business next year is going to grow so much. You're going to want to make sure you've got someone holding down the fort because you're not good at it. And that's the gift of astrology, knowing what you're good and what you're not good at. Yeah, that's very true. That's very helpful. It is very practical. See what I mean? So yeah. it's not woo woo. Like I take astrology and this is why you probably know Yoga Girl. Yoga Girl, I did one interview. Do you know on Instagram Yoga Girl? Yeah. One interview and she came and studied with me and she came and took the class and she you know, flew me to Aruba because she couldn't believe that someone could help her so quick. That's mm-hmm. just one example. But I love to be blunt. I have what you have. We both have. You know what you have in your chart? I don't know if you have. Have you ever seen your chart? I have, but I don't know what it all means. So I'm just going to show it to you for a moment here. So this is, you have this big blue triangle. See yeah. It? Yeah. That's called a grand trine in fire. I have it too. It means you have three planets in fire, all 120 degrees apart. Literally when you were born, there was a triangle above the head of your mother at the hospital it, across the whole sky and it's in fire. So that means that you have excessive energy. <laughs> And I do too. And so we get, and the only way we can get tired is when we sit for too long. Mm. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it, it is interesting. But also, so what does it mean if I'm tired? It means you're sitting on your energy and you're not exercising. You've got to, Christina, you have to exercise. Oh, I exercise. That's I, probably why I, I like walk everywhere. I feel like a Exactly. That same thing for me. I never, I love that. You've got to, so people with a lot of fire, they spend the fire and they get more energy. Mm-hmm. People like you have got to spend energy as compared to water people. They have got to stop, pull away. And you have a cross chart. It's a little mm-hmm. confusing because you do need to be alone 
mm-hmm. but you have all this fire. A little mm-hmm. confusing. She's looking a little confused, kids. You can't see her. <laughs> can you see me? I can. Keep okay. Going. What I wanted to ask was, wait, what was the one about the social stuff? So the fire people, you have a lot of fire. They love having fun. They're a party waiting to happen. They want to drink. They want to have music up. They want yeah, you, but it's all in the water houses. So you don't want that. You, you have all this energy and then you want them all to go away. So you want to do it by yourself. You want to have some one-on-one is your best thing, like intimate, unless you're in charge and then you're good to go. If there's a group of people and you're in the front, you're good. This is so accurate. It's not even funny, but, um, (laughs) wait, but so the water, but like when you were first describing the three elements or I mean the four elements, wow, sorry. Um, was water the one about the social situations? Like if someone doesn't have enough water, they like don't want to. Okay. So if someone resonates with that, the, the fix would be like, what would that be? Like go out and be social? Well, if so, let's do it again. So there's four elements. If you're missing one and it can go either way, if you're missing water and you really don't like to be around people because you want to be alone all the time, you do need to go be with people. It's whatever is the easiest thing to do, do it. Stay with your nature. But when you want balance, I'm going to go back to your example with earth. So if you don't get balanced around practical stuff, you're going to feel like your life is not shooting on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out what the low element is and grow it. So you have a mixture of all this fire and all this enthusiasm, but it's in water houses. So then it's like you want to be alone because water people are reclusive. They're quiet. They cry. They're sensitive. They're internal. That's the opposite of fire. Mm-hmm. So you've got a little bit of a funny dance there. You're like, you're like an externalized shy person. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? I'm a... Uh... Extrovert and introvert. <laughs> exactly. You're a shy show off. Okay. What what element are you lowest in? Well, when I started this game many years ago, I was low in water and I didn't know how to be quiet and I didn't know how to be alone. And I didn't understand because I have so much energy. I didn't know the value of being doing nothing on purpose, for example. I didn't understand that you could relax. But I've learned water and I and my partner's water and he's taught me so much about shh. <laughs> like you don't have to do something right now, Deborah. Good idea. You can sit still and we can watch this movie without you feeling guilty. So I learned that one. Then as the years went by, I realized my other low element was earth. Mm-hmm. And I've now learned and hired. I, I, mean, I have a company. My I have a school. I don't know if you know this. I have a school where we have thousands of students come from around the world only 10 at a time online like this in a Zoom class. Up comes their chart. It's a six-week class. And you study small bit-sized bites of your chart. So by the end of the six weeks, you know astrology. It's kind of amazing to tell you the truth. So that school required me to have all these employees. And once I had all these employees, I realized, "Uh uh-oh, I have to get good at earth. So I had to learn about spreadsheets and about taxes and about you know, W3 forms, whatever those things are called. I had to learn all of it. So I cultivated earth, not natural, but now that I'm shooting on all four cylinders, I have a very successful business because I knew my missing element and I grew it. Mm -hmm. Which can be done by delegating. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. So when you first, like, okay, so you're young and you get your chart and you're looking at all of it. Do you think that knowing 
what was on it change any of your actions? Totally, totally. Once I realized from the beginning, my first reading, I was 20, and he told me, and I had an ulcer. And I didn't, I mean, at that time, I didn't know anything about wellness and how to eat. I didn't eat meat from when I was very young, but I clearly didn't know that drinking orange juice and having sugar first thing in the morning made your stomach hurt. Hello. So um, when I learned that I had the square between my moon and Aries and my Mars and cancer exactly square and it affects the stomach and he saw it mm-hmm. and he, and he said to me, your emotional body moon and Aries is so impulsive and independent, but you're so sensitive Mars and cancer. You don't tell anyone how you get your feelings hurt. And it's so true. So instead of talking about my feelings, I would swallow them. They lived in my body and then it irritated my digestive tract. And I very quickly realized, oh my God, I've got to start talking about my feelings. Mm -hmm. So I've really made that process part of my life and my stomach aches all went away. So yes, as soon as I learned astrology, I realized, wow, my emotions were so positive all the time, but my undercurrent was so tender and I never admitted to anyone that I was so emotional. It was a secret. Okay. Uh, that's okay. This is making me think also. So like, how can someone use, can someone use their chart to figure out like things in terms of like nutrition and exercise of what they should be doing? It's not as specific as what to eat and what exercise to do, but it is specific to say your body's hypersensitive, your mm. body's super strong. It can, you know, you can say to someone, you know what? go ahead and eat meat. You can, your body can handle it. Like your system is so, con- your constitution is so strong. Some people you look at the chart and go, oh my God, you can't sleep. I can see it right here in the chart. So it's mm-hmm. comforting to know mm-hmm. that there are factors of your character that are described by astrology and you can correct it, but you can stop feeling bad. Like, yeah, I can't sleep because I'm a wreck. No, you can't sleep because you've got a high nervous system and yeah. it's right in the chart and it keeps you up at night. And here's some medicine that you can use. And I have lots of references and people that I refer people to, mm-hmm. to figure things out because I can't give them the answers, but I can diagnose it by looking at the chart. That's amazing. Okay, wait, so is there anything on my chart? Well, you have an extreme, something in your chart. Your life lesson is hypersensitivity. Surprise. No, she's not in your head, kids. You can't see her, but I can see her. That hypersensitivity has got to be tended to because you'll bulldoze with all your fire. You'll just keep on going Mm -hmm. and your body's going, I don't want to, I don't want to. So you've got to be very attentive to your Mm -hmm. sensitivity, which is simply listening to your instincts, listening to your intuition, paying attention to what your rhythms are. You're a little eccentric that way. You are so sensitive. Yeah. Well, so then that's the, that's the confusing balance between like having all the fire and all the energy, but also like I'm sensitive. So it's like, I feel like I'm pushing myself too hard all the time, but I have the fire, you know? So it's like, how do you find the middle ground? I think the important thing for you, because you have so much fire in your life lessons, Pisces is water, is that your important thing to do is to meditate. This Mm -hmm. is your life lesson. I'm sure you know this and let, and actually ask your body, put your hands on your body and say, is this the right time for us to exercise? Should I take a walk or should I jump in the car? Like if you dedicated yourself, if you were devoted to your body, it would be really nice to you. You just, you cannot neglect it. You cannot do a part-time job. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that for sure. Um, interesting. Okay. But so back to my original question about like, has it changed your actions or anything? Um, I like knowing your chart, 
I I love your answer, but I meant more of like, like, did you see in your chart like, oh, this is going to be a good time for my career or like, oh, I might meet someone like, like meeting your partner. Like, did you start to do things to like try and make the chart come true? That's so cute. I am a firm believer that fate has her way with you and she doesn't know astrology. So she's not looking at your chart. She just, there's things that happen that are meant to happen. Does she get inspired? I think this is a funny image. So there's fate making things happen. And then there's an astrologer sitting next to her saying, excuse me, can you wait till January before you do that? Because that's a perfect time for this to happen. So they work in tandem. I do not personally prepare my life according to my chart. There are astrologers that do that. I honor that. But I trust, my middle name is Deborah Trust Silverman. I, I have a deep abiding trust that I probably should look at my chart more often, to be perfectly honest. Like I do get that from my other students. They're like, Deborah, I've been looking at your chart. I'm like, really? I have a deep abiding trust. But there are lots of people who make big decisions based on their chart. And a better question is consulting an astrologer who's being paid to study your chart. They're going to give you timelines. A good astrologer is going to say to you, like I just did, 2024, Christina, your whole life opens up. Like that could include marriage. That could include your career. That's like, that's your time. That's Mm -hmm. good to know because then you don't have to rush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Has there been anything that was, well, I guess you might not know since you don't look at your chart that much, but I was going to ask, like, has there been anything in your chart that didn't happen that you thought was going to happen at that time? That's a good question. Cause something, yeah. You know, I don't know if you know this, that I traveled with sting for a year and a half. I was the astrologer on, with the police. And so I, I, they had some mediation problems. And so I became their mediator and I traveled around the world with him. And the curious part was I didn't see it coming. What happened to my chart that explained it, but it just happened again, that same transit. It's been 12 years ago that I traveled with them and we're still very good friends. But so when the 12-year mark happened, I wondered what would happen this time that would reflect that transit. And something did happen. So a very exciting thing happened, not comparable to Sting as far as celebrity, but very exciting opportunity. So yeah, I could say yes. That was a really rare exception that I actually looked at my chart and I was like, what's going to happen? I actually did do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I think people also like, can we talk about how does this work? Like, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people like, Oh, you give my birthday and time. Like, how is this, how is this working? It's an exact photograph of the heavens at the moment of your birth in the city that you were in with the longitude and the latitude. An astronomer, not astrologer runs out the window at the moment of your birth and takes a picture. What was the planets doing? That's what astrology is based on, pure science, pure astronomy. From there on out, it's so abstract and so mystical and magical. Why does it work? I don't know. How does it work? All I can say is the moon is affected every day on this planet. On the water levels, the farmer's almanac knows when the tides are going up and down because the moon totally controls the movement of the water. Well, we are basically water. So if the moon is doing that, the other planets also have an electromagnetic effect. That's as best as I can do because it's completely mystical. The fact that it's always accurate has proven to me, a skeptic, that this is a absolute science. Yeah. But it's you can't smart. tell a, a science. I have someone on my team who's a pre-med medical doctor 
scientist and she looks at me all the time with her head tilted. She goes, I don't know why this works, but it does. It's hard on scientists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they resist. It's a lot of resistance. I don't blame them. It doesn't make sense. Why would Pluto, a planet you cannot see until 1930, we could not detect it with the human eye. We had to use high level technology to find it. Mm-hmm. have the most impact. It's one of the most powerful influences on the planet and we can't see it. So that's crazy, but it's true. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, it definitely works. Um, it's like how people don't, with me, with Reiki, people are like, I don't get it. I'm like, it's energy, it's science. And your chart is so interesting because it's all, you have all this fire in the water houses. So water is the fascination with the mystic, mm-hmm. with the feelings, with the emotions, mm-hmm. and then Fire is the energy that says, I'm just going to say it out loud. I don't care what you think, even though it's woo-woo. Yeah, that is me. So on someone's chart, like what are some of the big things that you're looking at? Saturn, what we just talked about, your life lesson is Saturn. And that tells me you're so sensitive. Wherever your Saturn is, this is so simple. 101 Astrology by Deborah Silverman. You Google, you go, I have another platform called thestarcommunity.com. And you can go for $20 a month. And every month we do a deep dive into just that sign. And I interview people and we write articles and we show videos and we do different ways of teaching it. So you learn all 12 signs in a year, you'll learn all 12 signs. So if you know just Saturn, if you were in star community, you'd say, where's my Saturn? You can go look it up. And then you'd find out yours is in Pisces. Well, now if I were you, I'd read everything about Pisces because once you know your life lesson, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's more important then learning your life lesson that you signed up for. So that's one important one. Another important one is the distribution of the elements. Am I missing an element? We discussed that. Another important one is mercury. Like how mercury is how my mind works. This is all level one in my school. Once you figure out like yours is a pioneer, you cannot follow. Like you've got to break ground. You're always like, hold on a minute. I have a question. Like you're, you've got Mercury in Aries. So you're putting your head down and bumping into things. So important. But if your Mercury is in Pisces and you're a dreamer and you forget where you put things and you forget your name and you're so, that's so important to know. Mm-hmm. So you make peace with it. So I would say first is Saturn, distribution of elements. Probably your rising sign is even more important than Mercury. The rising or the ascendant is what you're rising into. It's what you're, it's called the ascendant because you're going up into it. Mm-hmm. So yours is Taurus. So you, that's why earth is so important for you, Christina. You've got to do earth. You promised your rising sign is the promise. And that's based on the moment of your birth. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know what time you were born to figure that one out. The other ones, you don't need that. The, the elements or Saturn, that doesn't matter what time, but the rising sign, which is so important because you're right. It's your soul. Think about that. Like your ego is your sun sign. So easy yeah. to get to. You're a little Aries. But your soul is a Taurus going, don't forget about me. So what's the Taurus like? Like what do I need to know about Taurus? It's very slow. It's so different than you. It's very deliberate, very grounded, very practical, very sensual, and doesn't like to rush. And your Aries is going, you're kidding me, right? Mm-hmm. So can you feel the split between your egos like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And your soul's like, no. I want to sit by this tree and have some chocolate and you're all bugging me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm supposed to, I will ascend into Taurus. If you choose to, and that's why we study, because if you don't consciously learn the skill sets, 
you end up finding yourself bumping. That's why people come to therapists because they're like, I can't find, like yesterday, I just worked with this man. He had completely left himself behind. He went into business and he became an accountant. I'm looking at his chart and I'm like, beep, 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 beep. Why is he miserable? Because he left himself behind. Mm -hmm. He wasn't true to his nature. So did you tell him, so what about if people are like in the wrong job? I screamed at him. I was like, you want me to tell you why you're miserable? Because I have, I've got like you, the grand trying to fire, like yeah. you are in the wrong job. And if, as soon as he changes, which I know he will now, because he can, he's got the financial security to do so. He's going to be liberated. And he was so relieved by the end of our sessions. He was like, thank you so much for giving me back to me. And I said to him, let me guess when you were in university, you loved philosophy and that's all you wanted to study. He was like, how did you know? Well, you're a double sag. <laughs> Duh. This isn't rocket science. This is astrology. <laughs> oh my God. I freaking love you. Okay. Okay. Wait. So, so he was in what job and then what Accounting. job? Accounting. And he should be a philosopher. He should have been a writer. He was a secret author. He, he had like a latent part of him that he wasn't going to ever do. It was a secret. Mm, okay. What should I be? A podcast teacher about wellness. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm doing the right thing. Totally. Are most people, do you think that most people are doing the wrong thing? Well, the clue is, and you said it when we started this, you love doing your podcast. Mm -hmm. That's the clue. See, you don't need an astrologer to know. If you're in the right spot, the astrologer, all she's going to do is confirm it for you. Mm -hmm. But if you're not feeling comfortable, or you're anxious, or you're depressed, or you can't find your partner, and you can't figure it out, something's interrupting. Mm. And we have all these certified astrologers who are excellent at what they do. They'll look at your chart and in one hour, you'll be like, why does she know me better than my mom? Very true. And, and herself, right? <laughs> yes. One time I did a session for a couple. It's so cute. And at the end, I did the husband and he, the wife listened to the session. And then they called me and he said, can we do a session for her? We decided you know me better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, it's like... I, the first time I had my chart read, I was like, I was crying because she was talking about my childhood and like, I just wasn't saying anything. And I, it was like, it's just like putting pieces together for me that, I mean, I didn't have the words to articulate how I was feeling or what I was experiencing until she was explaining it to me. And I was like, this is so. How old were you? When my chart was first read or if it was this year. So well, you're a great cheerleader. That's exactly what people need to hear. If you've never had your chart done and you're in your 20s, it's the perfect time, you know, no matter how old you are, but especially leading up to 28, because you want to know what your nature is based on what your promise was. Because mm -hmm. once you do your promise, life gets so much more fun. When yeah. you're going uphill against your, like that man, it was so sad. So what are some of the things that do people come to you for like kind of specific things they want to find out about regarding their chart? Like probably job, I'm sure. Job, love and health. What else is there? And their kids. I mean, it's like, it's kind of in astrology, there's four main kids? domains. People come about their kids. I love doing children's charts. So they'll, they'll give the, Oh, so they want to know about their kids chart. Is that allowed? I feel like that's invasive. Like if, <laughs> if you're the guardian, wouldn't you want to help your child be its true self? That's true. That's true. But that's like weird. Like, but I couldn't just bring like my friend's chart to you. No. 
Okay. I mean, you're if you're with a partner and you wanted to understand him. Yeah. He said, "Can you please look at this?" Of course. That's so interesting. I didn't even think about that because, like, I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't think about it that way. But I can see how a parent would want to know about their child and how helpful that would be. My goodness. Yeah, that's a really good idea. All parents should do that. Exactly. And all schools should have it in the school system where the kid, that little kid that sits like you, you were sitting next to some little kid that talked all the time and the two of you never stopped talking. Mm -hmm. And then I would tell the teacher, don't be putting an Aries next to a Gemini. Get them separated. (laughs) Well, what does it mean if like, so I know, I think a lot of people know their Zodiac sign, um, you know, and they, they might connect with a lot of it, but not all of it. Because there's nine other planets. Like you're a great example. You're an Aries in the 12th house. You mm-hmm. have so much Pisces. You're a space cadet. You know, you live in another world. Part of you is a recluse who wants to go off in the other zone. And then you come back out all energized. So you're to know the combinations is the essence of being able to feel comfortable being your authentic self, even though it's really weird. Everyone's got a weird package. It's not just your sun sign, for God's sake. Yeah. So when you said earlier... I mean, you say I'm an Aries Gemini? Yes. What's the Gemini? What, what is that? It means that you have to talk all the time, that you're, you, you have to talk about your emotions or you get weird. Like you, you cannot leave, if you're not communicating about your emotions, like it's, you get crazy. Oh my God. That's 100% true. This is like a problem I have, like with people, I have such a hard time with just any type of relationship because I cannot leave an elephant in the room. And if I feel like there's anything unsaid, I just want to combust. Absolutely. So when you ask the question, you're going to love, because we have a similar combination, you and I, when you ask the question, is there something that's changed since I've known astrology? I realize that I talk a lot. So my best friend, I don't talk a lot anymore. I learned how to stop doing it because my best friend's a Gemini. So she and I every day, check in before we go to bed. So we do the download. So our husbands don't get upset because they don't want to listen to us. <laughs> that's, that's helpful. So should I, if I, I should find a Oh, you need a girlfriend, baby. Yes. You've got to have somebody who can go blah, 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 blah. And they like doing that. Not your part. He's going to go, come on already. We did this already. But like, what's that? But what's that called? Like, so my, so my sun sign is Aries and the Gemini is the what? Moon. That's the moon sign. Okay. And then Taurus is my ascending sign. Okay. And then what else, what are the other signs to look oh for? God. You want to take the astrology class, Christina? We're not doing that right now. Okay. Okay. Class. Listen, all of you. <laughs> I need twice, to. Twice a year, we have a school. There's 10 women in the circle. You go on the screen, up comes your chart. Mm-hmm. It's very simple because I teach at a sixth grade level. So it's by the end of level one, you're like, oh my God. But it's not just astrology, it's psychology. Mm-hmm. So it begins to ask deep questions and you have this encounter with the group of women you're with that you become best friends with. And by the end of the six weeks, people fall in love with who they are, mm-hmm. with each other and with astrology. I feel like a drug dealer. By the end of level one, people are like, I never knew that could be this simple because it's so complicated, astrology. I find it so complicated. Yeah, I think that's a beginner. Yeah, I think that's why people kind of shy away from it at first. I feel overwhelmed. It's like, I want to know all of it, but it's like overwhelming. I make it, you would love it, Taurus Rising. I make it super simple. And by the end of the six weeks, you got it. And it's shocking. It's like, yeah, it's a really unusual skill to learn. In level one, it's $1,000 for the class. At the end of the six weeks, you have learned so much about yourself. People actually have their lives change because the first class is about the elements. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you, I would say, excuse me, how are your closets? 
have you cleaned lately your car? And you'd be like, just like the face. You see, no one can see her. She's making faces. And then I'd say to you, we're not doing class number two until you go do your homework. So people's oh lives God. change right off the top. So if you're interested in the school, there's a wait list and you just sign up. And then you, if you're, you know, we have a guarantee return. You can get money back. People just love it so much. It's so much fun. I teach astrology at a simple, basic level. And it can, we have 85 year old people taking the class crying saying, I wish I knew this sooner. Yeah. I need to sign up for it. Okay. Let's talk about, so people, you said they'll come for kids um, health. So does anyone ever, can you figure out about, uh, like dying? I don't. Okay. I do not do it. Such a great cut. I do not great time to ask about dying at the end of the interview. I do not, but there are astrologers that can do it, but I'm not interested. Who fate is having her way with you. You don't want to argue with fate. She's got a big, but you want to help her. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you get to understand who you are, the more you're yourself, the more you fulfill your fate and your destiny. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to know about that either. I was just wondering if everyone, if anyone ever asked, but people ask about love. So you can, fig- you can predict about like when someone's gonna find someone and then what type of person they are. It's, it's more, you can help understand the person you're with. It's not so much prediction. There's a little bit of prediction, but I don't do a lot of prediction. Um, the point is you don't want people to have predictive astrology be like, I, I hate astrologers that say, this is going to happen on May 3rd, 1994. You're No, no, we're not. We're giving directions about how to fulfill your purpose. Mm-hmm. The right time to get married, yes. The right time to have a baby, yes. The right time to understand when your career is going to change, what you should be doing, mm-hmm. how to get along with this chart, this person that you can't seem to understand, and we help you understand them. That's the kind of things that we do. So what's the right time for me to get married? I'm not telling them right now. You have to go get <laughs> reading. Christina, you need a reading. I know I 100% do. Okay. So last thing I want to touch on is this idea of embracing the feminine. I know you talk about this. Can you tell people like what that means? <laughs> I have a company of almost 40 employees and they're all women. Why, why are they all women? Because I just love working with women. They just make me happy and I don't have to deal with, you know, I'm, I'm a powerful woman who has very clear opinions and I don't want to fight and women that are on my team who are honorable and I honor them. We don't have to do that thing. I, I just found, I worked with men for many years previous and I can threaten men because I'm so clear. Mm-hmm. So we stopped that problem, <laughs> but I'm not, I love men. Let me make that clear. I love men. I just don't want to work sitting next to them. Unless I to you, I relate to you. <laughs> Unless they're respectful and they encourage my power and I encourage their power and we're on a level playing field, then come right in. My partner's amazing. He's really good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, What was your question again about? Embracing the feminine. Yes. Do you know there was never such a thing as a woman astrologer until now? Only men were allowed in the courts behind the king who could give advice during strategic planning from military to famine to feast to all those decisions were all done by a male astrologer. Only now, and our school is 99% women. Wow. So we're making up for lost time because they weren't allowed to be in the magical realm because astrology requires really strong study. You got to come and do your homework. You got to love to think. It's not just a cookie cutter. Every single chart is different. Mm -hmm. And you really study those distinct 
individualistic styles and it becomes so they, I guess they thought women weren't smart enough. I don't really want to think about why they didn't do it. That is very sad. Okay. So part of the, so how does astrology help someone embrace the feminine? It gives you back the power of your own joy. Well, what is a feminine joy, honesty, intuition, instinct, following the rhythms, knowing your cycles, all of that mm-hmm. is ruled by astrology. Don't you feel like just right now in culture, it's like everyone isn't in touch with the feminine in general. I feel like we're so masculine oriented. You feel like we're so masculine oriented. I always feel like the poor men, because everything is about women now. I feel bad for men. (laughs) Really? I really do. I really do. Because everything, every yoga class, everything that Oprah does, every astrology class, every Reiki class, it's just 90% women. And I want to say to the men, come on in. Which Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I think a lot of people, like individually, this is what, what I mean, I guess. Like individually, I think it's or at least who I see, maybe it's just biased because of the clients who come to me, but that people are much more in touch with their masculine side than feminine side. I agree. People are much more in touch with their masculine. The feminine side is only coming forward now, intuition, instinct, knowing what you're feeling. Listen to what you, you, listening to the body, really listening. I listen to my body so much. I'm so good at it now. What do you want to eat, Deborah? I want to eat that sugar. No, you don't. I don't. I want to eat that sugar. I said you you don't really want. Okay, you're right. So, but it's really in learning to differentiate your brain from your body. So how did, how did you do that? How did you and develop that? I became very aware in my book. That's all my book is about is the mm-hmm. observer. You learn the skill of turning on the observer and turning off the impulses because you're watching them. That's all my book's about. You're trying to get everything out of me right now. We're done. You're such an Aries. You're That's such an Aries. podcast you're, works. You're so excited. You're so, I love Aries. They're like, I'm going to ask you every single question I could think of because I'm so excited because I've got a grand trying and fire and now you've met your match. Yes, we both are so excited. And that's what you got for the first podcast. We'll do it again. I love it. No, I love learning about it. I think people are really fascinated with astrology. Um, but for some reason, people are like afraid. People are afraid of it. This is what I, I tell me. They're like, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to know. Like, they make up stories that it's going to tell you the day you die or that yeah. it's the safest, most important thing to do. I know it's got a bad stigma. So thank you for doing this today because you're helping me educate. All the people that need to know astrology is your new best friend. It's exactly what makes you feel comfortable in your skin, lets you accept who you are, and has compassion for all those weird people you don't understand. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, I'm sure this will motivate people. So why don't you tell everyone um, all the places they can get more from you? Just remind them again. Okay. It's super simple. So to get on the wait list for the school, which only happens twice a year in in January and and then um, September... It's three words, DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. It's D-E-B-R-A. And that will get you on the wait list and get you. We I give out these free videos every other day. Have you seen them? Mm-hmm. So you can learn more about astrology. And then the other one is TheStarCommunity.com is where you can get on that membership site, which is, I think if you buy a year, it's less than $150. And the whole year you get to know when the full moons are and when Mercury is going retrograde and when the eclipses are happening. So you can watch it every month. 
And then there's my book, The Missing Element, which you can get on Amazon, mm-hmm. or you can have me sign it and send you a chart on my website, DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. I love it. Okay, I have one final thing that I want you to leave people with. Is there anything people should be ready for in 2020, like a big theme? I think it's kind of obvious, but I'll say it anyways. The government, Saturn and Pluto are together in Capricorn, and it's changing the nature of our government. Leadership as we know it is breaking. It's dismantled. It's not bad. It's predicted. Every astrologer knew this would happen. The end of the government means we have to start governing ourselves. We can no longer look outside of ourselves. So back to your point about the feminine, not using the male archetype to tell me what to do, but my own intuitive feminine to be the guide. So 2020 is going to be a very ruckus year for government. It's going to get worse. We're just starting. This is just beginning. Can you imagine? Brace ourselves. Well, you heard it here first, guys. I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Deborah. You are a gem. I that appreciate it. That was my it. pleasure, Christina. Thank you for your sincere innocence about learning astrology. Shout out to Deborah Silverman for coming on the podcast and making me laugh, making you laugh, and breaking down all things astrology for us. If you want to get more from Deborah, which I'm sure you do, make sure you check her out on Instagram at Deborah Silverman underscore astrology. Head to her YouTube channel, Deborah Silverman Astrology, and of course her websites, DebraSilvermanAstrology.com and StarCommunity.com. And pick up her book, The Missing Element. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you tell a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, an Uber driver, your dog, anyone who you want to share it with, share it with. And if you want to share it on social media, I would so appreciate it. And just make sure you tag me, tag Deborah, tag Wellness Wellness Podcast. And when you tag me, that allows me to see it so I can say thank you because I really, really do appreciate it whenever you share about the podcast and show your support. If you're not already in our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe, go ahead and join in there to connect with other listeners. You can talk about the episodes, life, questions, whatever you want in there. And of course, As always, if you have not left a rating and a review on iTunes, I would so appreciate the support that way because it helps me spread the word about the show so that other people can find it and we can grow our community. That's going to be it for today. I hope you enjoyed this. Have an awesome rest of your day and I'll chat with you again next time. Bye.